Welcome back, everybody, to the Party of Two podcast. Welcome's always so big. I, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> we want everybody to feel welcome. Yeah. We're back at Party of Two, <laughs> the podcast. <laughs> Woohoo! High energy. <laughs> <I'm-> <laughs> no, we're vibing. It's fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Welcome, welcome back to Vibecast City Central. I am the Internet's Dole Whip Drea. I'm the Internet's Mark Donica. And today we are talking about the D23 Expo 2022. We've, we've had a lot. Oh? Yeah. Yeah. We've had a lot. <laughs> D23 has, has been a big part of our lives. Yes. And uh, we've been to every single one in one way, shape, or form, whether it was the whole weekend, whether it was just a day. Uh, this past year, we did go for just one day, yeah. but um, I feel like we've gotten better yes. with with how we've handled the con. Um, before we get too far into it, we just want to mention, uh, we did do an episode zero. If you want to hear what we've been up to, like our plans for this season and beyond, um, You hopefully you're subscribed and you've already listened to it. But if this is the first episode you're hearing... Go on back, listen to that, and then go back and find other episodes that you like, and uh, and come on back at your leisure, marathon it, li- find out how the style has changed because <laughs> it has, how much more or less echoey, uh, the oh. complete abandonment of Twitch streams, which is great. Yeah. I feel that's a positive choice, <laughs> um, but which we didn't even mention in episode zero, so don't even think about us <laughs> like expounding on that. Um, but and also, welcome. Welcome to Party of Two. I was going to say Jurassic Park, but we can just do that. Yeah, yeah, true. <laughs> Go on. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, your, like, our, our experience with D23. Like, we we were kind of hook, like, line and sinker from the very beginning. Oh, absolutely. And we would make sure that we went every day. There were some years where we didn't stay downtown or da- in, in Anaheim. Mm-hmm. Some years that we did. And we learned that we didn't necessarily have to do that, but especially this year with the the thought of the the reservation system. Uh, yeah. We were like we, we knew that we weren't going to be staying in Anaheim and knew that if we didn't get the parks panel that we would probably have to get up at like four or five in the morning, which we've done in the past. Like we've sat on that cement floor it's a miserable experience but you know what you do as a fan is uh, (laughs) ultimately one of those things you know and and i i feel like we've because we benefited from it i can understand the negativity surrounding it we were of course worried but knew what we would have to do in order to ensure that we would go yeah because of our experience and i feel like Disney did an okay job with the rollout. Yeah, uh, honestly, I'll say that in past D23 Expos, it's felt like they really haven't learned lessons from the previous one. But this time, it actually felt like they took real notes and applied them and did the best solution that that they knew how. Um, There have been a lot of past Expos where the majority of the staff were either volunteers or people that were just working at the convention center and not necessarily so much um, cast members working from the parks. 
but this time they were much more careful and strategic about things they they had signs they they actually told the staff where people needed to go which was really helpful that that's like that's the bar uh, from the very beginning (laughs) after you've parked so that was really uh that that was a delight to hear and experience because we've been directed to the wrong place before yeah and just being able to know which line you're supposed to get into is a very important first step. Yeah, and and there were there were checkpoints. Yeah. In the sense of there was the first security checkpoint, and then there was main hall over here, and then if you have a, a reservation for the thing over there, it I I wonder how non parks people were reacting, mm. like the people who who are just just media or I'm just here to see Marvel stuff. I'm just here to see Star Wars stuff. I'm just here to see animation, like whatever. Non-parks people that haven't had to deal with virtual queues, getting up at X hour to make sure that you get certain reservations. Because I feel like the parks people benefited the most from being familiar with the system, but it's also a net positive because now I feel like this will this has taught people the system because it was it redirected you to the parks app that gave people the knowledge of oh i use the parks app for this yeah so that will enhance any future park trips that where they might have to do virtual queue and people can say oh this is like d23 and i feel like that is going to be a net positive whether or not it worked out for people in this Will you know, we've been finding out, we've been seeing people reacting, but I feel like that's a net positive is people ha- now have that experience and should know what to do. Um, on the from this, actually, I hope that any Disney run con does the same yes. because having the, the reservation system as it was for, um, Star Wars Celebration, when we went, we didn't go this past year, but we went to the previous one, and that that was a little nightmarish. A that, little that bit. Was, it was really unfortunate, but I hope that with this infrastructure in place, that they can apply that and make it work, because I, I feel like ultimately it worked. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I was also really... I was really happy to be able to submit us for the reservation system over a period of several days, not having to get up at, you know, six or 7 a.m. to try to jump in, Mm -hmm. as you might have experienced with virtual queues at the Disney parks. Uh, And still, people were so anxious to do it that they made the website completely crash when (laughs) the reservation system opened. I waited you know, until later in the middle of the first day to submit us and didn't have any problems. Well, I think is like also it always seemed like the parks panel was an afterthought. Yeah. Similarly to Comic-Con becoming this mass of movie and television media, the attention on D23 seems to always be about Films and TV and animation, rightfully so. But it always feels like people shoot their shot for those ones, but don't, 
don't think about parks. And so it's easier it's much easier for parks people to get to get into those. I wasn't super worried just because of our our previous D23s experience even if we get up at the crack of nothing <laughs> to get there, we're all we always have like a relative okay seat. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, if if you if you sleep in too late, you're going to have a difficult time. You just time. you have to have you have to have a plan before you go in. Just like with the parks. Yeah, absolutely. Ultimately, I felt like this went the smoothest, not just for us being at the expo in general and being able to uh, walk around the floor, but also seeing how the actual presentation for the parks panel was run. It, it did feel like they actually cared a little bit more <laughs> than uh, and, they have in the past. And and that's sort of going to be like our our main discussion. Um, but before we get to that, we're going to talk about our general experience yeah. with, with the con. Again, we were only there for a day, but, you know, the past, the Thursday, or Friday and Saturday, what? Hmm. Uh, Friday and Saturday, we were sort of glued to certain announcements. Uh, there was one that was texted to me. Which I felt very appreciated <laughs> about. I think we were at Knotts when that one happened. We but were we were at Knotts on the Friday, which was also probably why it was so empty. That and the the impending hurricane thunderstorm. Yeah, which but, was weird. We but brought also the we weather like, with us. But we we're like Florida people. Yeah. Whatever, we're oh, well. fine. <laughs> um, the floor is, was essentially the same layout that yeah. it's been. It was weird to have the uh, the independent sellers so close like they usually were like uh, at least like a block away yeah. from all of the regular stuff where they had one of the bathrooms in the way so it was like okay there's a separation here but this year it was just like right next to broadway and animation it was a really weird juxtaposition yeah <laughs> but it was nice that uh, i'm actually quite happy that they weren't so far separated i mean I was still worn out from all of the walking and, and traversing we, we by the end of the day. We went back and forth a lot. A lot. I was so tired. But <laughs> it, it was great. Uh, you know, it, it's also nice to not not make the uh, the fan booths or, or you know, the, uh, the non-Disney proper vendors still feel fully included when they always had them separated it felt like oh well you know you're you're not the legitimate group of people and this, <laughs> this is time, the back no. alley yeah i always felt like that was kind of rude and this time it didn't feel that way it was nice that it was more seamless i, I like how open everything was but it, it's a little unfortunate to me that the marvel and star wars booths were like look costumes yeah and, and, and that a, was costumes in a screen and and while, lucasfilm and yeah and and while that's not necessarily i mean they're part of the disney family they should yeah. have a they should have a, a fair representation and there is a certain level of oh there is a bit of an archive and this is you know people want to take a look at that stuff and i understand that and and because it was so focused on the disney 100 that maybe we don't put those in the archive because that's not mm. I get that. However, I I feel like, especially with Star Wars, because there's no just straight up Marvel convention, I feel like Star Wars, the Star Wars booth should be an advertisement 
in in the long and short of it for celebration. Oh, sure. If you are there for Disney stuff and you and you like that vibe and you're a Star Wars fan or maybe you're recently a Star Wars fan or maybe you just like the band or whatever. If you can get an experience like a miniature bite-sized experience a, a reader's digest version of what it feels like to be at celebration maybe you'll buy tickets like there's there's usually exactly. never they don't need to advertise celebration to anybody outside of the fandom because it always sells out immediately yeah but i think that'd be nice and, and especially as especially for star wars fans that can't travel to the UK yeah. for for the this next one that's going to be in London, and or who couldn't make it out to Anaheim or wasn't boosted or or, or whatever yeah. or like couldn't didn't feel comfortable going until D twenty three. Let's get a little slice of life of of celebration in there because that's that's what I want personally as a big Star Wars fan. No, uh, I want it too, and even though they don't need to advertise anymore for celebration because it sells out so quickly even just being like hey you can buy some tickets for celebration here here's some more information about it maybe even like have a whole like travel set up to kind of assist with that Mm -hmm. i think that would be really helpful here are partner hotels in the area and that would be phenomenal it would be really freaking helpful i i think that we so often just put everything online and while that is helpful, I, I feel like we're losing so much of in-person, uh, communication and contact. And it's, I feel so much more fulfilled in experiences when I actually have a real person helping me. Well, so think about like what saved, what saved our anniversary that one year was oh, yeah. we, we our our plans fell through. I I was really bad at it, and I openly admit that. And we talk about that all the time. <laughs> and if that didn't happen, we never would have had as good of a night as we had yeah. because the hotel we were staying at, the um, what what is it called? Brain was the person that that helps the at, concierge. The concierge yes. recommended us to Roy's Hawaiian, which I don't know if that's there anymore. But that was just a thing of oh yeah, go here. And we yeah. went, and we had an amazing time. We had an amazing dinner. It was, and and it, it opened us up to this franchise of Polynesian esque, Polynesian Asian fusion, yeah. Polynesian, um, hmm. and uh, and we had a and we had a wonderful time. And it's one of those things that if we had just been looking on Yelp or looking at whatever, it wouldn't have it wouldn't have been the same thing. Yeah, and we would have we might have like held that resentment a little bit more instead of just being like, Oh yeah. Oh no, we're, we're here. We're enjoying. Thank God. (laughs) Like I was too mad in that moment to, to really do much of anything. No, absolutely. And that's very justified. (laughs) Um, But, and now it's something that we can laugh about, but that's one of those things where having somebody there to walk you through it or to help you out will ultimately stick with you. Yes. And I think that's something that Disney's always really good at. Yes, exactly. They are all about the customer service, the the actual guest experience, and that should be brought even more into the expo. You'll see it in certain booths, for example. I, I will say I was very impressed with the Disney weddings uh, section mm-hmm. on the floor 
they actually did a really fantastic setup. They they had a whole banquet table. You could actually t- uh, touch the flatware. We <laughs> saw they they had a whole uh, uh, on the, um, the the back wall. They had images of set up receptions and ceremonies with the and we chairs. found out there's places that you we didn't even know that you could do ceremonies at animal kingdom yeah or a bunch they had set it seemed to show every possible or every place where you could have a setup yes. on disney property for a wedding and that like that was uh that was a highlight it was really wonderful. that whole booth was was super cool. We took prom pictures again. Yeah, in um, front of the Cinderella we, royal we carriage. Yeah, the, that was really fun. Yeah, and oh, they had, as someone who's come from bridal, I was able to come up and you, you were able to come up and touch and look at some of the Disney fairy tale wedding gowns, and they were beautiful and. As someone who's worked with these fabrics and different things, I'm like, okay, that reminds That's me of Haley Page, and mm-hmm. oh, it, it just beautiful, Something, gorgeous. It, before we get too far away from it, yeah. I just realized Star Wars should have had a Halcyon something. Yeah, there was nothing. That was weird that they didn't do that. Like, did they even have anything about the new bounty hunters thing? I don't think so. No. Come on. Yeah. What the heck? Anyway. It really it really did feel as though for for all of the different conventions, you know, they were trying to separate Star Wars is exclusively at celebration and Marvel seems to have more of a presence at Comic-Con and then everything else happens at D23. And to a certain extent I understand that, but this is still the Disney Expo. It is advertised as the ultimate Disney fan event. Exactly. And I don't think it it always earns that yeah. title. Like you like there's a lot of stuff that they do for the fans that is great. I feel like they could do a little bit more. They have the money. They definitely they have, the, have the money. They've got so there's so much money. And <laughs> and yeah, but the ultimately the show the show floor was rad. Yes. And we need to we need to reconnect our badges to the app so that we can get all of the pictures that we took from oh, scanning. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Because the wedding one they sent via AI mm-hmm. and that was an interesting experience. I have the Tron ones. Okay, you have the Tron they, ones. They emailed them to me. Oh, or good. or I got emailed something, but I, I think I yeah, I got emailed the Tron ones. A lot of photo ops. They there was a photo op where you could get into the light cycle run a single light cycle run, light cycle, and that ruled real hard. Um, and also showed me that I can fit in it, which yeah, is which great is for a, a tallman as, yeah. as myself. Um, we we didn't have as much of an opportunity to go to every shop. Yeah. But uh, going on a Sunday, you're always kind of getting the what's left yeah. sort of a thing. I was, I was happy that there was some Tron stuff left over. Uh, they had an anniversary pin of the bit, and and I'm a I'm a big I loved that. That's gonna be something that I wear on my lapel. It's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. There was like a retro style pin and patch set that I was looking at as well. Every all of the clothing that was left over was like small and extra small, and I was like, oh well. Yep. We lost that on the the Tron lounge fly. I wanted it so bad. What? 
That opened the door because we had budget for one lounge line. <laughs> that opened the door for you to get a really nice one. Yeah. So we went to the lounge fly booth and that was me in a candy store. <laughs> Absolutely dangerous. And yet, um, what, the second we were in line, I pointed at, at one and went, <laughs> that's the one. And you went, yup. Yep. And we were done. Exactly. Uh, a fall convention 2022 exclusive. It is the Enchantress uh, in the stained glass uh, motifs from Beauty and the Beast. Absolutely fantastic. And uh, it's actually a bit taller than most of my other lounge flies, so that's nice. I can fit a little bit more into it without it getting too heavy. But I think that's also because there isn't like a front pouch or anything. That's true. I think it's it's a great design. It's super streamlined. While it's still a lounge fly, it looks completely different despite being like the same general feel yeah and it is pretty rad i love my lounge fly bags and uh how many do you have six mm, seven uh, i i could try yeah never too many (laughs) (laughs) i want to i want to make a whole wall just of lounge fly (laughs) bags that that is my ultimate goal goodness and uh yeah i mean it's not the same but like i like i like dodger hats <laughs> that aren't regular dodger colors but i mean it's about you know the reg your regular go-to thing that you wear and for you it, it's hats and you especially love your dodger hats i i especially love the the off-color dodger hats yeah. the, the differently colored dodger hats and, and there's been so many where they're here and they're gone because dodger fans <laughs> tend to have the same sized head that i do so we did the d23 shop we didn't do mickey's of glendale because i feel like we well we couldn't that we couldn't but there is there which they're, is too bad yeah but uh th- there is some cool stuff in there that that we hope maybe that we we might have an opportunity but that's yeah that's not that's not that important but one of the things that we were really stoked to see, I mean, I'm literally, truly both of us, more so you than me, but um, at Celebration, they had a, they showed off the, what is it called? Rock. Rock Love. Rock Love booth, where they had kyber crystal necklaces with the custom uh, uh, hilts for a litany of characters. And to be able to see this stuff in person as somebody as well as folks that also like primarily buy stuff online it's always great to see something before you buy yeah. it but this w- this was one of the coolest things as a star wars fan they're absolutely beautiful being able to to know the weight etc was really interesting but the uh the shop the the employees at the shop were very very helpful and uh, very generous with their time and information uh, every single crystal that is cut has to be signed off. And uh, I'm, I'm kicking myself because I can't remember the name of the really high-end designer that signs off on them right now. But when, when she told me, I just, my, my jaw was on the floor. Um, they're, they're a great company. They're Los Angeles based. And uh, right and now, seemingly a very, like a, a very, in not I don't want to say like a small business, but like an intimate company. Yeah, that's really close. Um, they had they didn't was it was it a D twenty three where they debuted the Ahsoka ring that has her 
It might be either oh, that or no. they, they uh oh, did they so add I, another no, one? I went to I went to Google so that Did you find another thing that I'm gonna want? The last unicorn fortieth oh. anniversary <gasps> necklace. Oh my gosh. Um it it looks it's Amalthea with the unicorn oh. and it's like gold like oh. Oh my god! It's really cute. I was just trying to look for the thing it's that we were talking beautiful. about while we were talking about it. Oh. It's not that bad. It's not. It's definitely not <laughs> as bad as like the the Kyber crystal prices. But uh, <laughs> but yeah, they have a they have a lot of branded collections. Yes, there's they, do. they have a Star Wars collection. They have a Disney collection. They have a Marvel collection. They have Pokemon. They have League of Legends. We're the last unicorn. There's there's a toothless. That's holding like a little purple stone. Oh. That's really cute. It's this like, I mean, all of this is like putting a brand over, but learning about Rock Love has definitely Oh, that's right. They told us about the D D stuff that they're doing. Yeah, yeah, they're yeah. doing class specific stuff as well. The D D stuff is great. Uh and when we were there at the expo, they were just launching a uh, Disney and Rock Love keepsake collection of the Disney princesses line. Yes. Um, and they actually uh, gave out concept art of that, which was really nice. So I have that here and enjoy that. Honestly, shoot, if, if I had all of the money in the world, I would have quite a bit from them. Yeah. Mm. And, and I know that too. Yeah. And right now, my biggest struggle is trying to decide, ultimately, which lightsaber necklace I want for this holiday season. I'm trying to pick one, and I I am struggling. Appreciate it if you picked it a little bit sooner. But um, (laughs) one one of my favorite, they showed us the Ahsoka Padawan lightsaber, and there's a detail on it that they didn't have to do. But they did yeah. for Star Wars fans. So they have versions where if it's a Jedi Master, there's like a leather, uh, not I was going to say chain. chain. Well, but, uh, uh, the, the leather necklace part. Yeah. yeah. So so instead of it being like a sterling silver chain, it's just a leather wrap to sort of, that is that is a Jedi Master. And for the Padawans that are, are non, I mean, uh, non-Jedi or Sith, yeah. they have... Uh, they have sterling silver, but specifically on Ahsoka's Padawan one, they have the bead. They have the Padawan bead on the back where it would land uh, as a part of the chain where it hooks on. And that's just one of those tiny things where you didn't have to do that. But you Some- did. Somebody you. understood the assignment yeah. and did it right. Um, we, could, we could probably... Huh, Check out, check out Rock Love. Yeah. What, it, what an amazing group and, and just the designs are, are phenomenal. Um, we got to walk through the archives. That was mostly just photo, photo uh, ops. Yeah. I mean, they've had at D23 Expo, they've had archive setups in the past that have been much more, um, I would say there were more pieces of actual archival things to look at and this time they were mostly focused on oh this is a photo op yeah there were a couple where they had some props on display the longest line was the disney channel like the yeah if it if it hadn't been so long i would have waited 
Because everybody was taking picture and video of doing the wand of for course. the thing in the corner. Which I don't blame people for. Yeah. If we were there for all three days, that would have been something where on the third day, it's like, okay, we've done everything that we want yeah. to do. Let's get in line for the Disney Channel photo op. Um, I loved how... I mean, I guess I shouldn't have, but they had a setup for Dick Tracy that everybody just kind of went, huh, and walked by. Yeah. Um, but it was, I mean, it was cool in a, like, eh, meh, it was cool. Yeah. But not for us. The one for me was the Flynn's Arcade <laughs> setup where they had actual screen used um, space paranoids and, and Tron machines, which you could tell were the screen used ones. Instead of the ones that they used for like electronica, yeah, because of the button configuration, because of the coin panel where you where you insert the coin, they weren't modern. They were straight up. Um, they were CRT curved televisions as opposed to flat screen uh, digital displays. And I would tell that to anybody who would listen. <laughs> like, oh, that's the real ones. Um, but then they had like Sark's uh, helmet. They had Tron's yeah. helmet, Tron's disc. Um, I want to live in that. <laughs> <laughs> like there's a lot of dream, dream home things. Yeah. But if I had, you know, and I, there's always been an arcade. Like that's always been in oh, the back yeah. of my head. But now even more so it's Flynn's Arcade with my selection as well as a restored space paranoids cabinet, a Tron cabinet and, and yeah. So that was that was my favorite part of the archive thing, but they had they showed a lot of the Mary Poppins stuff. Yeah. We got cute Which pictures of always in front nice. Of that. Yeah. Oh my gosh, it was adorable. So they had they had the little penguins, you know, uh, as cutouts serving you. Like Jolly Holiday, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, and and just a, a nice little table that both Mary and Bert would have sat at. So we we took some cute pictures there. Uh, that was definitely one of my favorites. And it was crazy too because of the way it was set up and with the crowds. I feel like people were missing it because they couldn't see the little penguins <laughs> from over people's heads. And when we saw it, it was I freaked out. Yeah, it looked it looked like there it was just a cue for the props. Yes, for for the uh, carousel horses. They, yeah, primarily. they had the carousel horses and costumes. Yeah. Um, oh, the Jolly Holiday costumes. Seeing Mary's Jolly Holiday dress so close for me again. I appreciate fabrics. Just just seeing like, oh, th this is from this many years ago and still how well it's holding up and seeing the quality that they used and the care that they took to it. Similarly to the, the Snow White dress from the from the Snow White and the yeah. Seven Dwarves premiere. That was a cool that setup too. That was amazing. Yeah. And honestly, I'm, I'm very impressed that that dress has still held up as well as it has. Um, really beautiful velvet that they used. Um, very, very cute. They had even the, the old, and I mean, they were looking a little worse for wear, but you know, it was back in the thirties. So bless how, how well they've held up of the seven dwarves as these wooden, uh, mm, cutouts mm -hmm. for people to take pictures in front of at the premiere. Like thinking of the dress, it feels like in the thirties, they designed the, the in-person character like, okay, but what fabrics would they actually wear? What yeah. fabrics would those actually be? Whereas now, and, and like, 
if they were doing a live action remake, which they are, of Snow White, what would they wear? It feels like yeah. we're back to that now. Absolutely. Whereas like the park representatives are, we need to make it look like they popped out of the page. Not what do they look like in real life, but how do we interpret yeah. these characters and in animation into real life? And so whatever fabrics go into that, go into that. Um, also, Walt's plane. Moving on. Um, yes. But there was, <laughs> there was also um, the Haunted Mansion setup, the the the, um, the bride. Yeah. That, w- that was cool. It was really funny to see the iPod Nano in the corner yeah. playing the the Haunted Mansion soundtrack. <laughs> That's one of those things of like, it's Sunday, we get it. Yeah. Um, oh, the Steamboat Willie set up too. That was really cute. Yeah. And you can see actually a picture of us. Uh, Did we at that photo? Fo- yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. We, yeah, it, it's on our, our Twitter. Twitter.com slash party of two pod? Y- yes. Great. <laughs> that one. Oh, yeah. Well, it's plain. Um, before the... Our last thing that we want to talk about before we get to the parks panel in earnest is we want to talk about our three favorite mo- non-park moments from from the show, from the whole weekend, not just from from the Sunday, but stuff where oh man, I would have loved to be in the crowd for that, or or stuff that we got to do, or whatever. Um, I want to I want to say mine first because it's really something that's super skippable. That's like oh yeah, that was fun. Um, I liked the Thunderbolts announcement from the Marvel panel. I was going to oh, say that too. <laughs> no, but you know what? I, I figure that there would possibly be some uh, some overlap, double ups. Um, yeah. So Primarily, the- I'm excited because uh, you know Black Widow and uh, David Harbor. Yeah, he's yeah. Red Guardian. Uh, I adore him. I thought he was amazing, and I cannot wait to see more of him. What I just had a thought of. How John Walker and Red Guardian are gonna interact? Oh because my of god! How much Alexi talked about like, yes, I fought Captain America. Like <laughs> you're no, you you're no, you're nothing. Whatever. Like I, that's going to be a great relationship in the sense of I can't wait for Alexi to drag uh, John Walker through the mud for every terrible thing that he's done. Um, but yeah, they announced the, they showed a photo of the lineup, and it's going to be Yelena, Bucky, which will be very interesting to see how he joins. That he might be the person to keep them on the straight and narrow, which is weird. Maybe and and Yelena too, perhaps. Sure, sure, sure. I love Yelena. Absolutely, Florence Florence Pugh, Woo! Queen Flo, Miss yes. Flo, absolutely. Uh, John Walker, Antonia Drakov, uh, Taskmaster, yeah, um, Red Guardian. Ghost from uh, Ant-Man and the Wasp, which I think will be interesting because mm-hmm. giving, giving her people to interact with, I think will make that, she'll, she'll very much be the, please don't perceive me, like literally, and then like go invisible. And then of course, uh, Julia Louis-Dreyfus as Contessa, Valentina, Allegra de Fontaine. Uh, that's <laughs> going to be very fun. Yes, absolutely. I'm, I'm really looking forward to all of that. It's going to be great. Okay, well, we shared one. Do you, what, so what, what's one of yours? Um, so I thought it was really freaking adorable. One, Harrison Ford coming out and talking up the next and final Indiana Jones film. I'm super excited about it. Attached to that, him and Kiki Kwan meeting, ba- meeting well, up backstage. That was what I was going to say. <laughs> there is a beautiful picture of them hugging. And I mean, I 
can't remember seeing Harrison Ford in his old age smiling as big as he is in this picture. But also thinking about they're the, so adorable. Thinking of the the absolute grind that Harrison went through of having to talk about Star Wars again. But here he is talking about Indiana Jones 5 and like getting choked up. Yeah. Putting it over like mad. And like it's it's much less of like this is gonna be a good movie. Like it's gonna be less of that but him going this film is phenomenal. Yeah and that to hear him say that because if anyone is going to be critical about it it should be him and if he's cranky about something, everybody knows it. And <laughs> I love this man so much. Seeing him be so choked up, so happy and excited about it makes me just like, I, I can't even fathom how good this movie is going to be. I, I, I'm going to still try to leave some expectations like to be desired. Trying. Trying. I, I'm mainly with everything now. I'm just like... Please don't let it be too CGI heavy. Please don't let it be too CGI heavy. That definitely. Heavy. And I feel like with any film, the further you get away from it, you tend to appreciate a little bit more. Indiana Jones 4, definitely the bottom of the list when it comes to the Indiana Jones movies. Does it have its great moments? Absolutely. <laughs> the the fight uh, between the greasers and the and the preppies in the in the the bar yeah. and the the subsequent chase, that's classic Indiana Jones. Like the mutt stealing a beer, Henry putting it back up, like yeah, absolutely, one hundred percent. That would ama- there's great moments in that movie. Don't think about the CG too much. Um, See, whenever I think of that movie, though, I'm thinking about mutt swinging monkeys. around with the monkeys, yeah. <laughs> like Tarzan. And that's okay. always the first thought that I have. But you know what? I, I'm gleeful for it in, in a very strange fan way. Yeah, there, there's some stuff where it's like, okay, may, let's let's have, like George go back and like, okay, let's touch this up a little bit, like he did for the special editions. But the special editions is like, okay, we have better lighting, we can control yeah. the lighting better and make make it not look as video gamey. <laughs> um, my my number two. Well, I'm, this is no particular order, but. All of the Tron stuff that we saw, the the archives, I'm really sad of how they timed out the 40th anniversary panel. It was right after the parks panel, yeah. so I'm really sad that we didn't get to see that. They got a custom, uh, they got a comic, I'm, yeah. I'm sad about it. Um, but the video games panel announced Tron Identity, a visual novel with puzzle elements. Um, I've already favorited it on Steam, and uh, you don't... I'm a little sad that you don't get to play your own program, but the the name of the lead character that you play as is Query, and I think that's Ooh. really funny. It, just like <laughs> like cosmically funny, not like actively haha funny, but sure. like whoever thought that up is really smart and really funny. Um, and that's that's next year, but I'm definitely looking forward. It, it like, yeah, I I it it seems like they're fading. Tron back in like yeah it seemed like they were going all in on Tron to be their like big budget blockbuster franchise and then they bought Marvel and so then they faded out on it a little bit but with the ride and this and the anniversary we're slow and the rumors of of another Tron movie we're slowly getting to that point where maybe it has a place in in Disney, and that's what I'm hoping for. I was really hoping that they would make the announcement for the next Tron film because of the anniversary, mm-hmm. and then it didn't happen. I'm like, 
darn it. But, you know, those things happen, and then we just have to move on. These things do happen. Yes. Uh, For my last favorite moment, I would say it was Paul Rudd saying that the next Ant-Man and the Wasp movie is going to be bananas. Can I can I add one to your list? Because yeah. I'm surprised you didn't say this. Meeting Leonard Malton. Oh my god, yes. Oh my gosh, it was a freaking dream come true. Yeah, we were walking through the vendor area and, ah. and we had somebody from the Mice Chat booth come by and be like, hey, you want to meet Leonard Malton? And we are like, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> I couldn't believe it. We were just behind like one person that was talking to him. Like this man is a freaking legend. I was so starstruck, and uh, I thank you again for just you know uh, it, using the conversation because you were more eloquent in that moment than I was. And I'm just like, this is Leonard Malton. He would talk to me and teach me about important Disney history when I was a child. You were, you were so crispy, cream eyed. Yeah, you were glazed over. You were just smiling. <laughs> And I wasn't trying to like pull focus or anything. No, no, you were saving a, me. It was just a situation where I, I've I've been fortunate to be able to meet a lot of people that have helped uh, sort of form me through media, through whatever. So um, I've gotten better at it. It it like it would it's it's different from a situation of oh I'm gonna go up and and pull this person from whatever. But if you get an opportunity where this person is here to meet people, yeah. to to take pictures with, blah, 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 that's a completely different situation. And, and the tip that I would give anybody is just start by thanking them. Like, yes. one, thanking them for their time, thanking them for being here today with you, and then thanking them for the stuff that they did for you. Because that's, that's ultimately... All of the stuff that's in your head, like like you saying, "Oh, he taught me all of this stuff." Blah blah blah. And so it'd be the thank you for being able to put in the into words what we were feeling and helping me now have something to go back to yeah. and jump off of as a feeling, as an emotion in words. Thank you for being so well spoken. And it's 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 nice because how often do we get an opportunity to thank those people in our lives? Whether, whether they're friends, family, coworkers, yeah. whatever, but somebody on a scale like Leonard Malta to be able to thank him for everything that he's done um, in, in something that's usually a show up, shoot the show, leave. And especially from a time of pre-social media. Yeah, absolutely. Cause like, he doesn't have Twitter. His daughter does and essentially tweets for him yeah. or tweets updates for him. Um, but he's, he's, one of, he's one of those people that I think has contributed so much more than people give him credit for. Yeah. And it was an honor. And it was an, truly an honor to shake his hand and thank him yeah. for everything that he did. Now to go from there to a really like tea spilling thing. My last one was the 30th anniversary of the Muppet Christmas Carol panel mm. where they had um, the, the cast showing up in costumes, no Rizzo for obvious reasons. <laughs> um, but re adding them announcing that they're re adding the love is gone to the Disney plus version and to any Finally. future releases. But Brian Henson specifically brought up because Katzenberg 
watched footage from a test screening and saw kids going to the bathroom during it. And that's why he wanted to cut it. So they brought out Jody Benson to sing When Love Is Gone. Oh my gosh, which is going back to how they wanted to cut part of your world because the same thing happened at a test screening in Franken... Uh, Howard Ashman and Alan Menken had to fight and said, no, we have to keep this song. And that was one of those things where I was like, how is nobody talking about like how how deliciously and properly petty, like yes. justifiably petty this move was? <laughs> like, so good. Yeah. Like, yo, Katzenberg, how's Quibi doing? But um, <laughs> Savage. Ooh. <laughs> um, but yeah, like Muppet Christmas Carol... I think for the most part, people can agree, is the best Christmas carol. Yes. Especially as our generation has a louder voice <laughs> going, <laughs> moving on. Yeah. I would, I would say is, is not the best because that's a completely different argument, but is my favorite Muppets movie. And, and November 1st, we're going to watch Coco, but right after that, we're going to watch <laughs> Muppet Christmas Carol because tis the season. Yes. Um, but it's time for your main event. Oh, oh the parks panel. Oh, boy. Now, we, we were talking about the quality of the show as a whole. Mm-hmm. Top of the line. This is probably the best minute-to-minute show yes. that they've put on. I, I really want to give a shout-out real quick to Team Disney Anaheim's entertainment department for putting this together for doing it in such an amazing way. And maybe it, maybe it wasn't as exciting for certain people streaming this from home and not being there in person, but having all of this incredible talent doing these musical theater numbers in front of us for just this one-time thing was absolutely fantastic. It, 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 it was incredibly well done. Talk quality, I I was absolutely riveted the entire time that we were there. Hughes, Marks, you know, did some stuff hit? No, but they they kept following up with, okay, here's something else. Like the Hulk costume, great idea. <laughs> hearing Mark Ruffalo and then hearing, no offense to this actor, yeah. but hearing the difference of voice, the impression and the like cadence, very good. But the tone was like, that is not Mark Ruffalo. We just heard Mark Ruffalo speak. (laughs) So hopefully it'll play a little bit better when it's not as back-to-back. But they still kept following it up. Boom, boom, boom. Um, You know, people have high expectations for these. Yes. And and I feel like that ties into a lot. But looking at the show from 2019 and... That whole run of show was what what's what's the word that I want to use? I would say almost almost predatory in the sense because <laughs> like you can go back and listen to our recap of, of 2019, but that show ended with Bob Chapek saying, "Please don't boo me," ostensibly. Oh my gosh! Of the Make yeah. a Wish Kids. No, Whereas that was a one, very this weird one thing. was truly a celebration of. The parks where it was, we're going to preview this new track. It's going to be performed live. There's cast members and characters. And it was all really a natural end instead of a like, this is the end. And 
And so, like, just from that, going off of just the finale, phenomenal. But st- you have to start. You have to start the show strong, which they did. They absolutely did. And I mean, I, I was anticipating hearing this. I'm glad they announced it in such a beautiful way, mm-hmm. performing the song from the recently closed Magic Kingdom fireworks show, Happily Ever After, and having the original singers coming back and singing it live on stage for us was magical, as yeah. they would say. And uh, that that was a great way to start the show. It was a phenomenal Absolutely. way to start the show. And uh, getting the mid-show uh, performance for for the log ride, which yeah. is like, hey, this is, you know this Tiana thing? Well, ladies and gentlemen, here's Tiana. And getting live, oh, full so cool. broadcast like that. That Those are those are moments that, that D23 is for. And yes. I feel like... It's. I mean, we're we're biased, but I feel sure. like the parks panel gets the more, though having Jody Benson come out and sing "When Love Is Gone" is something that will probably never happen ever again. <laughs> like, th- it's cool to be able to see these original performers yeah. uh, live in that world some more. And we got um, these uh, what what handkerchiefs. With with the logo on it, yeah, and, and we were able to spin them around like it was Mardi Gras, and that and that was still a thing of like, what's our cue? But they're they're really nice handkerchiefs, like yeah. it, it, you know, I I can look at this and know how much this cost, but it's still <laughs> sort of like a nice gesture. Yeah, yeah, it was nice. They came in nice little, uh, you know, tied sacks, Mardi Gras colored yes. sachets, yes. Uh, very, very, like, it was like the, they were handing stuff out at the front. And you, and it was like, oh, is that, you know, there's a certain thing of, oh, is that all we're getting? It, it's like, oh, well, this is our one thing. But, you know, <laughs> yeah. as as people love to say, well, Daddy Josh delivered. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he started talking about food, about Portos. And so look, he, he had the, the smart understanding of I can't talk about food to you and not give you some food to go away with. So so here's here's where I feel like most of our time is going to be spent. <laughs> we need to explain to people yeah. Portos. Portos is a SoCal staple and it's one of those things where I imagine people who who have one may have heard of Portos or not has no idea like the people around the world who are watching this and being like I so want what? I want this exactly. So what? They're re they're, they're extending the I think we joked about this. Downtown Disney is becoming more of California Adventure than California Adventure is. Yeah. In the sense where they're trying to give you these experiences, these restaurants, these shops, these whatever of this is where you can find this thing. Yeah. <clears throat> exactly. Me. And so with Portos, one of the smartest ideas that they could have done. Because their Porto started as a as a bakery in Burbank. There's always a line around the corner. Always, always, always. They've been expanding, expanding, expanding. And speaking of pettiness, I feel the reason why Disney did this is because there is a Porto's down the street from Knott's. Yes, and absolutely. It's huge. It's right next to um, the Pirate Adventure yeah. and Medieval Times, but it's huge. Two story. And, and very pretty glass walls all around. Yes. It's it's lovely. You and, would be a fool to miss it. <laughs> and this is less of a 
California thing of like, oh, it's got avocados in it or it's an Asian fusion or whatever. But this is this is a family run yeah. bakery with iconic uh, desserts and or, or baked goods. Cakes. They've got a great Tres Leches cake. Um, sorry, we're going to be talking about food for a second. Yeah. Um, so so the, the reason why we feel like this is important is one – it's one of those things where you're going to take a bite and you're under, you're going to understand it yes. right away. And my, my thought uh, pull, to pull away from this is we got salt and straw, which was a small company before the rock bought it. <laughs> um, but we got salt and straw at, um, at downtown Disney. And now we've got it at Disney Springs. And now my hope is that we can do an exchange where we can get a Gideon's in downtown Disney. And that's what everybody's hoping for. But I don't think, I think the strategy of Portos is here. We can bake stuff and give it to you. Versus we're gonna we're gonna announce yeah. this cookie shop that maybe only half of you have ever heard of, and we don't have enough cook and we won't have cookies, but we're gonna announce it. No, and I will say that the the wonderful people at Gideon's Bakehouse they are also very much. Uh, just a, a small, like, I think they only opened in 2017, so they're still very fresh. Just <laughs> Cookie open, pun. Uh, yeah. I do these things unintentionally. Um, they, they tried to open at Disney Springs, and the demand was so intense, they had to close shop and say, hey, you guys really love us. We thank you. We need a little bit more time to be up to expectations. Mm -hmm. And then they came back better than ever. And they are a very well-run machine. One of the longest lines on property. Oh my gosh. Ride, restaurant. That's another virtual queue you have Mm -hmm. to be prepared for. And the only virtual queue that is used at Disney Springs. (laughs) And rightfully so. It's just one of those things you got to be prepared for. I, I do hope that they come to downtown Disney I think they might need a little more time because if they're going to send somebody to represent on the other coast, they're going to have to put a lot of trust into that person, I, into those people. I feel like it would be like it would be Disney. Like it would 100% yeah. be because of the partnership that we've built up at Downtown Disney or at, at Disney Springs, we'll we can have somebody from Disney that is running that is going to be the general manager of this particular store. And and that I feel like is the only person who could handle the quality. But can you imagine Portos and Gideon's sharing a kitchen? Oh my gosh. Like what the hell? So so much food. I mean, you you can buy us with so food. Much good and food. and one of the one of the main positive, Absolutely. you know, not just like oh my god, there's a Portos and not oh my god, they're giving everybody a small box of Portos on the way out. But think about that. People have been in line for hours. Yeah, you're sitting through this thing. The first thing that we would always do is like, oh, we have to, we have to eat. We yeah. haven't eaten in hours. We had breakfast, but we we still have to go eat. But that changed. That affected our entire con. It really did so much better. It gave us that quick. Okay, we have a couple of hours. We've been revitalized with this. We even went back to the car to drop off the stuff that they gave us. Yeah. Um. I want to re- I want to read this thing. There was a card that came in with every box. We got a cheese roll. A mini sweet churro croissant, and of course the mango passion fruit uh, cookie, which felt like a cake. That's how soft it was. But the cheese roll—that's that's the iconic. Por- that 
well, that potato the, balls. Yeah, potato but, balls. But, but that would have been hot, and they couldn't put that in yeah, there, unfortunately. I would have eaten it cold. Are you kidding? Oh, of um, course. <laughs> all right. From, from the family and team. Joining the downtown Disney District family is a dream come true for the Porto's bakery family and team. We are humbled by the support and loyalty we've received over the years, which has undoubtedly led us to this moment. Porto's is more than a bakery. It has become a tradition and a destination where we take great pride in continuing to bake memories for generations to come. Our chefs are excited to unveil all new California Cuban-inspired dishes, and we look forward to welcoming everyone in with the same unmatched quality and bakery classics you have all come to know and love from our three generations of family and team members. Our family is excited to serve you and be part of the downtown Disney District experience. Lovely. Absolutely lovely. And and it is very, like... It is a family-run business and, and through Disney and through. likes to have that feeling sometimes of family. Sometimes they excel at it a little bit more than others. Sure. I feel like they excel at it a little bit more when they bring people in yeah. and be like, can you, can, you do, can you please do this for me? Uh, yeah, okay. Yeah, we got it. Um, but for anybody who has no background with Portos whatsoever, this is something to look forward to. Absolutely. And I I would also recommend if you want to learn a little bit more, hop on YouTube and just search Portos. You can find a couple of, you know, small informational videos, uh, like from Food Insider, for example. You know, they'll do interviews with the people that are running Portos as a business. And it was it was started in 1976. And (laughs) Grandma is still, you know, a, a key part, a key player in running the business. And it is run with pride and love. And you truly taste that in mm-hmm. everything that you get. Some of the most incredible baked goods I have ever tried. The savory stuff is incredible, too. The potato balls are what everybody mm. in Southern California will typically talk about. When the way they use mango and 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 fruit desserts, just oh, it's so good. Yeah, yeah, it's so so good. But ultimately, so. a petty move against the one next to knots. Oh yeah, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely, and you know, justifiably so. But you yeah. know what? We win. That, that that's Everybody all it wins. is. Everybody you wins. Goods. Yeah, yeah. And the but, more locations they have, the easier of a chance people have and less of a line they have to The lines in. get a little bit shorter. Yes, Just exactly. a little bit shorter every time. Um, so that's all we had. No, I'm kidding. But um, <laughs> um, I want. I just wanted to say before, like, as, as we've been getting into it, we're probably not going to hit everything. No. If there's something that you, you feel like we missed or you want us to talk about, please let us know. Um, either with a review on iTunes or... Or uh, on our Twitter at twitter.com slash party of two pod. Because, like, yeah, we don't really want to talk about the cruise line stuff. Like, cool, another ship with, that's got an Aladdin theme. Yeah, no, and I mean, it, it looks beautiful. We haven't done a We're Disney just... cruise yet. And I mean, we, we hope to in the future, but that's just not in our financial cards right now. <laughs> and, you know, eventually, when, when we get one out of the way, perhaps it'll feel a little more accessible to us. Mm-hmm. But, you know, we, we typically, we focus more on 
the parks and and not even and not just the disney parks and and i feel like even even though that is something that we want to do of going on a, on a disney cruise there's also a long list of theme parks yeah. that that have been on our list that that we've been wanting to go to dollywood yeah. holiday world um any of the like carowinds any of the other cedar fairs like there, there's a whole bunch of stuff that we want to get to, and I feel like that is more accessible <laughs> than a, than a Disney cruise yeah. at this point. The, like the oh they they touched on the the Disney community, the the Cotino. Like okay, yeah, whatever. and it's like that's great. That's for people in a completely different financial bracket than exactly. us. Exactly, and it's like good for you, not for us right now. What what was something that. When you think of the when you think of the 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 uh, the panel, what what's like something that jumps out at you? <laughs> literally jumping out at not, me? Not literally jumping out at you. <laughs> because uh, it, it, from that standpoint, I'm like, hey, they brought back the Avengers E ticket. Thank Yay. goodness. And it's completely different than what it was supposed to, or than what it was rumored to be. Well, I mean, there are similarities, but. I, I'm much more interested in this concept. The fact that it's King Thanos, mm. that he won. What a concept. And the uh, the concept art that they showed there and then gave us as posters mm-hmm. is really freaking cool. Just looking at the art, all of the different characters that are going to be in it. And people multiple we haven't versions, even met yet. Yes. Is really really fascinating there's the werewolf from werewolf by night in there (laughs) like okay but but that also leads me to hope that the roster will change yes and even if it's something as quick as you get a line or two or you get to to smash a baddie or or whatever um the the fact that this is something similar to what star tours has been of cool we're we're gonna have a different roster Oh, I've I just started watching that, or like, what Peter Parker is that? Oh, there's a new show on Disney Plus. Oh, yeah. well, I guess I should watch that show. Yeah. Uh, what is that? Why is Steve Rogers in the Mark One Iron Man armor? Oh, I guess I haven't watched What If. Cool. It'll it'll be a new way to experience this universe, and it it looks really cool. Yeah, I'm I'm really excited for it. I'm interested in looking at the ride vehicle. It reminds us of the Scoop vehicle. From Islands of Adventures. Trowbridge, you've done it again. Yeah, he, <laughs> he's the man, you know. Uh, and and maybe it'll be more like that. Maybe it'll feel a little uh, a cross between that and Star Tours. And if if they could do, or Back to the Future, Indiana Jones, Indi- Indiana Jones in a scoop vehicle. Yeah, that's what I, that's what I think would be the coolest because like. Similarly, you have like people jump on the hood of the car and it and it affects you and it, like there, there's a lot of effects that you can have and do, um, and I, I I just wonder how do you do this without it just being a car in front of a screen? And I yeah. think having some set pieces would be cool. I think the ultimate. Speaking of being, dude, this is just petty cast. <laughs> how petty would it be for? All right. We can't have Avengers characters in Disney parks in Florida. Well, we're going to take the Spider-Man ride and put it in Disney. Put it in Disney California Adventure as a pettiness. Scott, And li- literally, this would be Scott Trowbridge going, it ain't broke. 
Yeah. <laughs> We've done it two times already, and this could be like the ultimate one. Um, yeah. That's, that's definitely what it feels like. <laughs> the pettiness is off the charts. Um, I'm surprised you didn't say Mando and Grogu. Oh, I- I'm getting there. <laughs> but see, what makes me upset is they say Disneyland, 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 and they're not saying it for Walt Disney World. I have been wanting a meet and greet with Grogu and Mando f- since since we first started watching the show. And the way they're doing it for Disneyland is great. They keep only talking about one coast. And I, I can tell you, Disney, everybody wants to see these two. <laughs> Don't you dare try to pretend otherwise. And And I get it with Disney World, like, any sort of meet and greet with characters typically needs to be more organized because otherwise these characters could very well get accosted. <laughs> but that's that's what I feel like they announced that, or I don't, I, or rather, excuse me, I feel like with Galaxy's Edge they have more of an opportunity to keep people around and have people out without walking through the streets. Yeah. And, and like, the only, like, real big character that does that is Chewie. And Ray going, like, to to backstage from the, like, the, the resistance area. Yeah. But I feel like with Mando, you might have to do it where he's at the, the pod uh, shop, maybe. Yeah. Or, or, like, I feel like there's, there's a, there is a way to, uh, <laughs> I did that on purpose, yes. to, to uh, accomplish the same stuff that they do with other stuff without being completely hounded and maybe to have it where it's just Mando in certain places, but the child is there. Grogu is there. No, Grogu is always there. But I, but that's to say to sort of teach people when Mando's walking around, there is no, there is no Grogu, but when he's parked in a place that he cannot be hounded, that's where Grogu comes out. No, where he goes, Grogu goes. You know what goes. I'm saying. I know, but <laughs> you're in gimmick and I'm not. You're uh, you're fabing me so hard. Look, I I just I want them. I want them here. They should be everywhere because they are so awesome. And but this until goes, this goes into a theory that you have because we were in Anaheim hearing a lot of stuff about Anaheim. Yes. Okay. So. Uh, Prefacing this, and it'll be uh, jumping forward, it it really was Anaheim heavy for the show in general, and it I have been feeling as though Destination D ends up naturally as it is hosted at Walt Disney World, more focused for the East Coast and Walt Disney World when it happens, whereas D23 is typically trying to be more focused for the Anaheim locals because they come out for that parks panel. They will be there and you want to hear the portos. Yeah. That that was a very, that was half a local move and half for the, for the three quarters of the people that are quote unquote locals or former locals. (laughs) um, That was, that was a move of like, we can't talk about portos and I'll give you portos. But then that was also a thing for, other other coasts, other parks coming in and visiting to be like, look, we have this. We've got this. Trust us. Um, but I absolutely agree with you. And speaking of that, 
Oh my gosh. When they put up on the screen an outer image of the Imagination Pavilion, I cannot tell you how much of a knot my stomach was in. I, I had made friends with a, a Disney World cast member next to me while we were in line, and we were literally clutching each other's hands, <laughs> waiting to well, see what was happening. This this was this at least had a payoff because in 2019 it was like spark of imagination, imagination, just a, one little spark. They kept uh, specifically Josh kept using that terminology. It's in manipulative, and around, but also talking about Epcot. Yeah. Like, they still use that terminology around the company, but that year it was so specifically targeted, and that's that's what I mean, too, about it being mm-hmm. uh, about the 2019, is they, they created expectations without a payoff. Yes. Whereas this, you at least got a bit of a payoff, and something, and something to get you thinking, mm-hmm. is that it? And I don't think that that's it. So uh, I will say as well, well, we Maybe didn't, even, about say a it, we didn't month. even say what it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, Figment is going to finally be back in a meet and greet. They didn't give any sort of specific details except that to expect it at the end of 2023. Oh my gosh, that is a <laughs> long time to figure it out. Now, I understand needing a lot of time to figure out Mando and Grogu. You know, that that took a lot of development and technological creativity to make that work. So I'm wondering if there might actually be a human companion with Figment for this. What is it going to look like? I think it might actually be a... It's not going to be Figzilla again, I don't think, because (laughs) otherwise they could just pull that costume... Uh, out of their uh, their back storage units. No, I think we're going to have a, a fully like animatronic articulated figment in some way. A live character experience. And perhaps there's going to be a lot of creative, imaginative things that might be able to happen when you go to visit him. I think that the most logical place obviously to meet him is either in that special photo opportunity that is currently for visa. Yeah. Visa chase card holders, I think, uh, or maybe they'll knock out the, uh, Pixar shorts theater, who knows, but the fact that they had so little information for this indicated to me because it was such a, big freaking thing and then felt like uh, the rug had slightly been pulled out from underneath. I don't think they would go to all of this effort without plans to redo the actual attraction and pavilion as a whole. And I think that that news is actually going to come at Destination D. Yeah, this felt like a Band-Aid. This felt like we're not going to not talk about it. We're going to give you a crumb. Yes, literally and, a crumb. And and this was the bluest blue sky thing. Yeah. Because there was there was that blue sky blue sky segment at the end, which we'll talk about. Mm-hmm. But like, um, other than this, this, was this the only? It was just like, oh, that's right. There was also Tron Light Cycle Run. It's coming. <laughs> next year yeah. but it's co- we know now <laughs> i you know i i will give credit to josh for uh being like 
I know there's been a lot of discussion about how long it's taking. It's like, thank you for there, acknowledging how long it's taking. But that's but that's that's a magician move. Yes. Of oh, we're gonna acknowledge the things that people are talking about on social media, but we're not gonna talk about this over here. It's mm-hmm. a slide of slide of information. Yes. Sort of a thing. While everybody's laughing about the Spider-Man crash. Nobody is, we're not talking about this thing over here. We're not talking about this. Why is the, why is the Hulk in time travel gear? We're not talking about that. We made that joke. Remember that joke I made? We're going to move on anyway. <laughs> yes. Um, and, and I feel like that also is a part of the show though of, okay, well, well, at least they did this. At least they gave us portos. At least, th- at least this, <laughs> at least that. Um, Cause it was just kind of bits. It was that. Yeah. It was. Hatbox Ghost coming to Walt Disney World. Which, you know, I think we've all been expecting for a while. I, you know, I really thought it was going to just be for the 50th anniversary. Better late than never. But it also might have, I mean, everything got pushed back. Yeah, So it could have been something that that they were going to announce at D23 2021. Yeah. so, so yeah, a a lot of stuff getting pushed back. Getting to see a lot of stuff in the overseas parks. Um, still don't know what's happening with uh, um, former site of Galaxy's Edge in Paris. We'll get there eventually. Yeah, it it is interesting that that has gone quiet. Of course, there there's uh, some very there were some critical responses to how Galaxy's Edge went. It might be better for them to do something completely different. Uh, what I have heard that's been rumored is either a land theme to the Lion King. Oh, or Avatar. That's right. Them getting Pandora. So that's all very interesting to me. And uh, perhaps they're still just kind of working out the kinks. I feel like a lot of these things, they, they have ideas and they're talking about things, but they're not committing to a lot just yet. Because mm-hmm. they, com- I mean, and and that's one of the main criticisms that people have for this um, this particular conference was, well, they didn't really announce anything. We knew a lot, and they just sort of put put pins in. Well, this is actually when this is happening. That we're doing this, we're doing that, and I feel that's justified because in 2019 they took wide. Excuse me. I'm going to redo that. In 2019, they took wide swings. They said, this is happening. This is happening. This is happening. This is happening. And and then what happened happened. And now a lot of that stuff isn't happening. Was this a conservative thing to do? Yes. Yeah. But this is all stuff that is happening. This is all stuff that is in progress this is stuff that okay cool this is happening great and by not ha- by have by presenting the thing that they did at the end of the way that they did made 100 sense that that was we are advertising this as card subject to change How, what do you what do you think about this because this is what we're thinking about and that was kind of cool but ultimately i think the presentation could have been done better but in terms of everything that was confirmed like they showed that big timeline with yeah. all of the stuff that's coming in the different words and I'm looking at that right now and that reminded me of that sweet uh trio of into the unknown I wanted to talk about that because so. of all of the cool frozen stuff that's coming yeah, out Yeah absolutely so 
basically three different overseas parks are going to be getting frozen expansions. And we've known about that for a while. It's coming to Paris, coming to Hong Kong, and coming and Tokyo. to Tokyo. Tokyo Disney Tokyo. Sea for yeah, yeah, yeah. And having these three incredible singers singing into the unknown in their respective languages to celebrate all of that, out of all of the live performances, that made the hair on my arm stick up. Just absolute chills. It was beautiful. I didn't I didn't cry, but I was choking up. Oh like, yeah. And they got a huge applause from it was the audience. Beautiful. Probably like, one of I think the biggest audience response that I think I remember from that whole presentation. I don't know. Anika Noni Rose coming out was pretty rad. That's true. Yeah. Everyone <laughs> did lose their minds for that. Um but um yeah, it, that's that was one of those things where that song. All, there's already the like the fan edit of yeah. the duet that's really beautiful, but you're like, oh, cool, that's perfect, and then you hear a trio of harmony that's for that, good. and you're like, unparalleled, unmatched. Like it can only get better from here. It's the, <laughs> it's like the the regular the the show. Where, at whatever park where they put the three I want songs together as yes. a medley, yeah, but yeah, it's yeah. all the same song. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it worked out ridiculously well, and I hope that it's recorded somewhere to, to go back and listen to. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. There, there's, it's beautiful. Like, there's still a lot coming. Like, you, you even look at that, you look at the thing, and it's a lot of characters and hotels and stuff, but... Runaway Railway coming to Disneyland is going to be huge for Toontown. That yes. whole revitalization is going to be huge for Toontown. And um, giving giving people two places to see that ride is going to be smart. If they And I know this is jumping back a little bit. But I think as somebody who has never seen an Avatar movie, who has only experienced the theme park side of it, hmm. having another Pandora would be an amazing idea. Yes. Because this franchise is now really Disney is finally being like, no, Jim, you're going to start doing the things that you promised. (laughs) New movie, two new games. Like this is going to be the perfect opportunity to relaunch this brand. Yeah. Whereas when they first announced that Pandora was coming to California, to, to Disney parks, we were like, Oh no! Why? But they did it really well. It was beautiful, and I mean, and I think the French my hat tip to Joe Rody for making it as beautiful as it turned out. And I think the French parks would really benefit from more nature. Yes, especially the studio parks. We we watched oh my God. a walkthrough of the studio parks the other day, and it's just if we're talking about the studio, any, it's a wasteland. It's <laughs> it it is a concrete and like warehouse wasteland. And it's just depressing. And in the layout, I mean, all of these studio parks, the layout just doesn't make any sense. No rhyme or reason. And you have no direction. The only thing you might see is Tower of Terror. And it's like, well, I guess I'll go that way. And, but- and the the only one, the only park that's that's I felt really had an opportunity to spring out of that stigma is California Venture to a point where yeah. I'm like, okay, we should rename it. But even like the Hollywood area, it looks like Hollywood Boulevard. They redid the PhilharMagic Theater or the Muppets Theater to PhilharMagic, and now it doesn't yeah. look as like this is just a set. And there's really only two sound stages now, but I feel like they can change that and make it feel a little bit different. Absolutely. Um, 
but that I, th- I feel like Pandora would be an amazing decision. How you do a whole Pride Rock land, that means that we would there would be some sort of an adaptation of an already existing ride for a Lion King ride, and then there would be um, the Lion King show from Animal Kingdom. Yeah, absolutely. And and that's your land. Whereas Pandora, you get two e tickets. Like even if you just carbon copied Pandora from Animal Kingdom and an put E and it over a there, D. Okay, fair enough. Um, but if you just copy-pasted, that's remarkable. Yeah. That's huge. Absolutely. Um, so do we... I think it's time. I think we need to talk about the blue sky section to sort of like wrap everything up. We did... We, uh, I mean, we did get a couple of other gifts. We got a Lena Bell pin for Oh reasons. my gosh, she was so cute. She was cute. very cute. One of Duffy's new friends. But I, the thing that I was that I was really happy to get is they announced the partner statue for Hong Kong, which was Walt and Mickey lovely. on a bench. And that piece of art was really pretty. And I was like, oh, how are we going to ship that back? Because I really like that piece of art. And it ended up being on a postcard. Even, which is fine. Which is fine. But it, it, that's what, that would have been one of those ones where it's like, okay, we need to hang this up. Yeah. Because it's such a nice picture. Um, so this blue sky section was fine. It was frustrating. The information was interesting. Um, the way that they, uh, the fact that we had Jennifer coming out, that was that always good I, to see her. Live. I love Jennifer Lee, mm-hmm. but, but, <laughs> but the huge asterisk, Zootopia does not belong in Animal Kingdom. Well, they're thinking about it. Yeah, they're thinking about it. So, like, the fact that everything, (laughs) all of the, all the, we're having serious conversations. I appreciate the, uh, the non-committal dialogue and words that were used here. I, I really do appreciate that. It's not set in stone. It also protects Disney and Imagineering from if they don't go ahead with it. No one's going to complain about it. And that's not a promise that it's happening. That framing works for me. However. (laughs) However. So for for anyone who might be like, well, Zootopia, I mean, it it, it has zoo in the name. It's animals. So why wouldn't it belong in Animal Kingdom? Animal Kingdom, if you've never been, it it is a a sensory experience of of not just animals but the earth uh the environment conservation there, there's uh, some key key tent poles that hold up what it is and thematically it, it is not just about animals but it is about the world our our uh, interaction with the environment as humans and conservation, and it's a call to action. The, I, I love Zootopia. I, I think it's a great movie. I'm looking forward to the Disney Plus series. Just the voice talent in it, I'm major fans of the two stars. I could see this expansion going in Hollywood Studios. And yes, I know, they spent a lot of money already doing an expansion <laughs> on done. Hollywood. It's not done. Just like... Uh, Disneyland uh, Paris Studios Park is not going to be done just with a Frozen expansion because there are all of these other spaces. Just the entryway needs to be fixed. Or even even just giving it an Avengers Campus shows how dissonant 
everything, everything else is. is. Yeah, there's and, just there's no rhyme or reason. And, and even though we were just talking about Avatar, Joe Rohde being a part of the design and execution for Pandora, like the the thing with Avatar is about conservation. Yeah. It is about preserving a natural world and utilizing a fantasy space to highlight that and go well if you know it it's it's the positive it's the positive thing of telling fantasy stories like this is how does it reflect on our everyday life yes and how does it use fantasy and wonder to lock in how this feels and and we've talked about it before on the show of um what 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 like when they announced journey of water of how I think that's positive, or, or no, not even when they announced Journey of Water, but how doing something with Moana for the seas, yeah, is and and how Nemo still works for the seas, not in its entirety, mm, right? But, but playing devil's advocate sure. in how this works and how it can inspire the next generation, how it can inspire kids, and and I feel like Pandora does that. Zootopia, that's not the story they're telling. No, they're not telling a story of conservation and um humanity versus nature there what if animals lived like us exactly and that's not the story that animal kingdom is trying to tell exactly the animals are as joe rody said proxies of human issues you know it it is very clearly about prejudice and and and, and drugs yeah (laughs) like lots of different things and it goes into a lot of really fascinating themes. But again, you don't have turtles, you know, dealing with a drug cartel Mm. or, you know, uh, one turtle hating on a dolphin because it's not, you know, a turtle. It's not a turtle, yeah. Uh, So I I just, I I think it's really important. I, I appreciate how, you know, they're trying to be like, oh, we have all of these great, movies that have come out and we want to capitalize on that and we want to bring them into the parks that makes sense to me and i'm not the type of person to say there can be no ip in the parks no i think that there should be a healthy balance if it fits it fits if it fits it fits but for for animal kingdom it does not and what i'm really concerned about is getting rid of dino land yeah because i I, I feel like instead of like getting rid of because they said we're going to talk about Dino Land. It has the potential to be completely gotten rid of, is yeah. what it sounded like. That was poorly worded. Now, it, it also sounded like potentially with the things that they were talking about, maybe they keep a dinosaur, aka Countdown to Extinction, if you're OG, if you're nasty, but uh, paving Chester and Hester's, which. Absolutely, I'm for. I appreciate all of the concern and time that Imagineering went in to make it have a really rich backstory in terms of theming. And I, I love all the fossils and the notes from, you know, the interns and the kids that are studying. I love all of that. But it is such a jarring clash with the rest of animal kingdom because you have these beautiful lush environments and then you have and, a parking lot natural environments yeah and and i feel like no matter what is done with animal kingdom in terms of expansion and they should be using expansion pads and not just paving over stuff you have the space 
I don't understand why the whole reason Disney World was built was because they have the luxury of space and then they're just replacing rides. We need more capacity. I, I feel, I, but I do feel like Chester and Hester is the one place where you can do that. Sure, absolutely. And and the the I I agree with you on the no to Zootopia. I feel like. If done the right way, Moana could work. Moana could work, and because, I feel the same way because that's about uh, co- oceanic conservation, you which is also, something that the park has really been missing, aside from the Finding Nemo musical. And, that's there. and being something that takes place in a tropical oceanic environment, it'll that, fit right in. It fits for Florida weather, and you could you could have Polynesian. You can have stuff from that region of the world. Around and I know. think that would be absolutely lovely. I I would like to see more more fish and and you know the sea life and talking about that. I know that some people are like, but we're getting a Moana attraction in Epcot. Uh, I don't want it. Yeah, but that's not necessarily that's not dealing with like sea life animals or it, it's specifically about the journey of water and how the water. And and water going. conservation. Yeah, it's it's about the ocean, not about what's in the ocean. Yeah, and and I feel like there there could be something. There's something there. There's absolutely something there. But so so then but then that becomes the problem of how do we keep dinosaur? <laughs> how I, do I, we? Yeah. And but I I wonder if instead of the long journey to the the institute instead of coming from the left it comes from the right and it's something that's off of the main walk i i think it's absolutely possible and then maybe just move the triceratops spinner a little bit closer it's not the triceratops spinner like one of the moana rides is a spinner so but that's one of those things of the moana the moana the moana area to me feels like something that's going to be replacing the family area, the kids' yeah, area. Absolutely. And so it's going to be mostly flat rides. But if you add that animal experience into there, or at least the nature experience into there, it still feels like a part of the whole. Yeah. And and that's something that I, I feel like could be successful and should be successful. Um, and something that could fit in with the ethos of Animal Kingdom. Yeah. And now, wanna, do you want to keep talking about Animal Kingdom, or do you want to move on to the other blue blue sky thing? I just want to say, with all sincerity, I think it would be a huge, huge mistake to just remove dinosaurs entirely from the park. And I don't, I don't understand the the thought process behind that. Besides saying, "Oh well, we've let this attraction get so run down that we're not taking good care of it, so let's just replace it." No, if you're going to do any updates to Animal Kingdom, it's real short on rides. You got to just add, please do not take away one of the e-tickets. It doesn't make sense to me. And I feel like that's where the Zootopia idea comes in, where you can reskin dinosaurs exactly to be some sort of a some sort of a Zootopia thing. I do not want to see that happen. And I don't either. And, and, And I feel like, oh, there's actually I had a really good idea. And I still think it's a really good idea mm-hmm. for taking for how you update Dino Land. 
It, we did it last season, and I know that was years ago at this point. <laughs> um, but it was an idea about how it becomes a DuckTales. Yeah. Scrooge has has bought this excavation site. Chester and Hester's is a way as a quick way for him to move a buck, and you can update Dinosaur to be the boys get lost back into like it becomes a traditional DuckTales adventure. Yeah. Um, and we talked like an hour and a half about that, so go back and listen to that. But um, yeah. That if if you keep dinosaur, you make it a part of the main. You add a mini walk of it's still a little bit of Dino Land, just so that you can keep dinosaur there. Yeah, absolutely. The other part of this blue sky gimmick was. What if? What if? What if, what if there was something behind Big Thunder Mountain? And everybody, all of the the smart marks that I'll use, <laughs> I'll use that term, which is a wrestling term, were like. They're not doing Western River Expedition. <laughs> they're not doing... And no, they're not. <laughs> Nobody knows what that is. <laughs> Respectfully. Um, but when they when they brought up Coco, I was like, okay. Oh, yeah. Santa Lucia. We're, I don't know if that's the accurate name, but that just came into my head. Mm. Um, but what if we had a Coco attraction? And it's like, okay, so that's taking away the budget that they had. For Epcot because they teased a Coco something mm-hmm. in 2019, and okay, this is a huge this we need much more room than we have in Mexico. So True. then I went okay, that Mexico fitting as a part of Frontierland that works for me. That's that's a that could be a part of that yeah. story, and that's something that I feel like Florida is missing. Yeah, the the Mexican area, the Rancho del Zacalo, the yeah. place that always gets made up for Dia de los Muertos, one of one of my favorite parts of the park at that time. Um, cool, great. This is something that this is a win. This is a win win. Yeah. And then they talked about Casita, like, okay, okay. this is Colombia. This isn't quite. Now we're going a little bit more central. Yeah. A little more, okay. All right. And all right, but what about villains? And I was like. Okay. okay, are you implying that Colombia and Mexico are like on the brink of, of an evil? Oh, you know what? Yeah, that's if, a bit racist. If you not, well, no, if that makes United States where the where the villains live, you know, <laughs> huh. if Hall of Presidents is touching the villains, <laughs> 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 uh, social commentary. Oh anyway, my gosh. Um, I th- I would like to think that the art that they showed. I mean, they said that it's 100% blue sky. It it is bluest of blue skies. But all of those things aren't actually connected. Because I feel like... Some of these things are not like the others. But if you round the river, you have to figure out a way to fade one into the Haunted Mansion. Yeah. And if you do a villain's thing behind the Haunted Mansion, that makes sense. Yeah. But then you do this other stuff that's more frontier land that's curving out of Tiana and Big Thunder. And you're like, huh. but what's... They're, they're legitimately... It, it is very... It, it is puzzle pieces. Came, the sentence that came into my, into my head was, we have to build a wall. And <laughs> that... <laughs> there, there needs to be a proper thematic break there needs to be a proper thematic there does break. need to be a proper thematic break which is why they shouldn't be put next to each other like that no. i i understand coco yes and i look i i'm going to say openly i want all of these things sure i absolutely do people have been wishing and imagineering has talked about 
a villain's land or a Something. villain's mountain attraction for a very long time. We want this. We desire this. But squishing all three of these together is kind of wild. I and there's there's been discourse of people being like, well, Coco should be going into Epcot, and so should and and so should um, so should Encanto. Encanto. Thank you. <laughs> Always thinking now of what's the main character's name, and it's <laughs> like, well, that's not quite right. But you know, all of these obviously have connection to fantasy. And Magic Kingdom is the go-to fantasy-esque park, but that's not necessarily the core values of a Disneyland Magic Kingdom park either. But I feel like, and something that I've talked about is they've been doing it more and more with with the overseas parks, is if if we build a new Disney park with a Magic Kingdom, the Fantasyland, each... I honestly feel like each fantasy land could and should be something different. Hmm. And now with the realms of fantasy that we're going in and how it's less castles and princesses and it's more just bonkers out there, phenomenal like cultural touchstones that everybody can identify with. um, The each fantasy land can look super different and and this goes into well, they should just make a new a new park for it. It's like no, no. That's why they put Star Wars in Disneyland, <laughs> as opposed to putting it somewhere else. But I, I feel like of all of the things that can, if you have, I I, I think I just thought of it, is if they if the the separation and the thing that can truly like keep you in one world versus another is the mountain that Casita is on top of. If you have that big mountain range up against whatever the the brambly villainy thing is on the other side, you can, one, enhance the brambly villain thing on the one side by having it be this remarkable painting on the back of the mountain, and then you make the mountains in the hills of Colombia that much bigger to where you can make it work to where you really have to be at a particular angle and this is a part of Frontierland and this is a part of... Um, it's <laughs> it's still a part of Liberty Square. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> unless, <laughs> unless they make Haunted Mansion the new beginning of, like, hmm. darkness... I don't know. You you name you. There's some sort of like ooh spooky, like spoo- like spooky area, spooky area. Um, Halloween Town. I don't. Not that. Um, uh, Give no. us a nightmare before Christmas. I'll, I'll have a nightmare. Um, but like these these announcements by themselves are exciting, and what they could do, what they can do with technology and costumes. Even just seeing the Ernesto de la Cruz costume from oh my Boogie gosh. Bash, so and so good, and thinking of thinking of how absolutely wild that area will be during Mickey's Not So Scary Halloween. Yeah, Bash. well, like, I mean that area is gonna rule. There's gonna be skeletons. There's gonna be people. Yeah. There's gonna be live music. There's gonna be mariachis. Uh, Miguel's gonna sing, and and we're all gonna cry like that. 
that area is going to be so phenomenal. And, and I love that. And, and I want, we didn't get any, you know, there's been the long rumored thing of, uh, turning Swiss Family Robinson Treehouse slash Tarzan's Treehouse in California into something in Kanto. Yeah, and, and it's been closed forever and they, and they didn't anything. say but they also, anything. One of the one of the tarps came down recently and all of the Tarzan stuff still in it. They haven't removed anything. They just removed that center pillar. So they're still trying to figure I I feel like nothing that they do will be big enough. And that's yeah, that's kind that's of what the problem. But that's also the fan aspect too, is I feel like it I don't think it's reductive to just be happy with what you get, but because of how big Disney is and how much Disney has, if you identify with a particular part of the company, there will be a way for you to see that. Yeah. There will be a way for you to um live that and and they're doing the best that they can to take your money and that is what it's all about yeah but like as some as fans of electronica we've been hoping for something remark anything remotely close to that yeah we're not gonna get it we know that Mm. but 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 we're getting a neutron ride and area where hopefully the vibe might be similar yeah like the soundtrack's gonna be bumping. The, the it's like anytime we go by in the people mover, I keep seeing like places where okay, we can get glow stuff here, where like yeah. data can be blah blah blah. And it's just one of those things that sets my mind on fire. There are going to be those opportunities. And the problem with it taking so they definitely don't take as long as Universal does. Oh my god. <laughs> um But ultimately it feels like they want to do the best that they can with it. And if they don't feel like they can meet that standard, then they won't do it. And I see also the UK pavilion expansion. Um, (laughs) Because everybody went, oh, cool, dark ride. And they went, (laughs) seemingly, Mm. seemingly. Mm. Um, But, and that's why they didn't tell us. And that's, that's why they're controlling their words. Very specifically, very particularly. So do I, like, I feel like all of these things in some way, shape, or form can and will happen. Yes. Exactly. Definitely not exactly the way that they're saying it. I mean, I I do think that the proposed Magic Kingdom expansion behind Big Thunder I, I could see them doing it exactly like that, possibly. <laughs> now, I I am nervous about it. For me, thematically making a park make sense is you have to make the environments mesh well together. Because if, if the surrounding area doesn't look like it's meant to be there, it just looks like you've cut and pasted its own thing into a place, doesn't doesn't work well you have to have transitions be nice and smooth and you have to look at the the foliage and the mountains and and you know the topography to make it feel like these can go together in some way maybe they are going to lean towards a whole just spooky area maybe like oh well coco is the more lighthearted part of you know like death and and things that some people might find creepy and then 
you know, with uh, with Encanto, it's like, well, we're going heavy on we don't talk about Bruno, which is a creepy but, you know, earworm of a song. But, but I, I, the thing about that is I, I can see uh, a traditional fantasy land dark ride in Encanto. Oh, absolutely. In, I mean, that's how they planned it. In Coco... I see much more of a celebration of life and death yes. and not even necessarily just retelling the story, but hey, it's Dia de los Muertos and we're going to go party in the land of the dead. Which is what we'd all want. Sure. And and my issue, like even thematically and visually, when you think about the Disney villains, it's black, green, purple. Yeah. That's the color palette. <laughs> M- maybe a little bit of, of black light blue in there. Yeah. Coco is warm. Yeah. It's golds, oranges, reds, and making the transition from Big Thunder to Coco makes sense. Yes, it does. The flowers that you would see if the if this if the Coco area is perpetually Dia de los Muertos, there's going to be flowers everywhere, and that fades to me into hmm. the floral and butterfly accents yeah. of Encanto. It and do, then it there takes has to a, be a hard wall. turn. There has to be a wall. Yeah. I, I do not... Th- there has to be... Maybe a tunnel? But then how do you how do you thematically put a tunnel from Colombia to... It's a tunnel throughout mountain. Villain City Central. Like, but that's the thing is... Turn around a mountain and then it's like a bald mountain on the other side. But if, if you... If you... Just because also the... I don't think there should be an association with those cultures and villainy. Oh, no, I I absolutely agree with that. So that's why I feel like transitioning from Haunted Mansion of this fun, spooky, ghosty thing to villains and then having the boom, that's the end of this land. But then on the design side, it would be irresponsible to not have a way through. But if thematically it doesn't work... You gotta, you've got to put something else there to get you from one side of the river to the other. Mm-hmm. Maybe, yeah, maybe, maybe, and and maybe there, maybe there's a, a new like cross, you know, similar to like a, um, the the Tom Sawyer Island, yeah, 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 yeah. where you utilize the river for something like that, and you can you can figure that, and then it it'd be something like. actually going to the land of the dead um, from Mexico or getting like doing something that I feel like would be the only way that they could make that exact design idea work. But as you say, I would like to see all of those things. Yeah, exactly. And uh, just in terms of layout and looking at the park map and, and looking at an aerial view, it's like how, how are you going to navigate this around the rivers of America? That's a big question that I have. Of course, you know, it wouldn't be the first time that they've had to adjust it or shorten it or, or reroute it. But there's a lot of questions that that I have. But ultimately, I do want to see everything. Yeah. And and I like I'm sad. Like, I'm, I'm both happy and sad in the sense of. I feel like the Mexico Pavilion could use more more room. I feel like it you needs can, more room. You can really maximize the the space that that uh, that it needs. 
it does a lot with the space that it's given. Yes. It I want the three caballeros there still because because I'm I'm a fan of that. Would I would I have been upset a little bit, but I wouldn't have been mad because Coco was an amazing story, but then yeah. I would have also felt that they didn't do enough. If they if they just used the space that they had, it wouldn't have been as good as people would have wanted. Exactly. Coco like- needs something developed from scratch. And, you know, similar to, similarly to how Frozen Ever After came to be, you know, a, a retrofitting of Maelstrom, a lot of people felt this property is so big, you shouldn't have forced it into something that was previously a different attraction. It should have been its own thing yeah. because the property deserves it and shouldn't be limited to that. Yeah. And I, I do feel that Coco is the same way. Yeah. Absolutely. So if, if it would have gone into Mexico, I would have, it, it would have needed to expand to, if not the length that the original ride, there's was just no space to. for the queue yeah. <laughs> that it would need. And it w- exactly. You would have had to turn that entire interior into yeah. the queue or ex or maybe, no, well, no, you wouldn't. Yeah. It's not, it's not built for that. <laughs> no, it's not built for it. And, and that's ultimately, that's ultimately their limitations. And, you would I have would to rather virtual have queue it. Oh no. No, no, no. Virtual queue to wait in that that's small switchback line. <laughs> um but it would have it would be worth it. It would be worth it. Um but yeah, there was a lot there was a lot at at the parks panel and I know we didn't talk about everything, but I yeah. think I think we had a lot of the stuff that we wanted to uh that we wanted to hit. Um if there was something that we didn't talk about Please let us know. If you want us to talk about it, of course, you know, hit us up on Twitter. Uh, we also do have a Facebook page. It, it's oh, yeah. not necessarily as hopping, but I have been seeing some of you as new fans or maybe some old ones are starting to follow it. So feel free to post on there, too. And, uh, you know, we'll be happy to talk about whatever you suggest. And if there's anything over these past couple of years that that has come out. Um, there's been new rides. There's been new new experiences that that we've been able to take part in. Um, Genie Plus. Oh yeah, we're that's we're, coming. That's going to be like a guide. <laughs> that that's that's going to be something where we're going to talk about our experiences and and sort of form that into into yeah. a guide for people that don't know if they should use it or not. And and because we've we've learned we've we've used it a couple times, and and we feel like it has its positives and negatives. Yes. So we're we're going to talk about that. Um, I mean, yeah, Guardians of the Galaxy. There's a there, that was that's a lot of fun. Yeah. But um, if, if if there's anything that you want us to talk about, please hit us up at at twitter.com/partyoftwopod, and you can also hit us up on our, our regular socials. You can find me primarily on Twitter at dolewhipdrea, and you can find me on Twitter, Twitch, and Instagram at markbedonica. Um, gonna I want to get into some Dreamlight Valley soon. Yeah. And um. And there's some other stuff that that maybe we'll stream together. Maybe we won't, but but yeah. But keep an eye out for Mark, especially on Twitch for oh, that. Shucks, thank you. <laughs> um, but thank you so much, everybody, for listening to this D23 2022 recap. We'll see you on the next ride. <laughs>